he's one of the Old Testament's biggest sinners, if we're truthful about it, a murderer and an adulterer, and the facts aren't in dispute. And yet he's called in the Old Testament and the New, a man after God's own heart. What is it about him, King David, that made that true? Let's look at it together this week on Beyond the Notes. Coming off last Lord's Day this week on Beyond the Notes, we're still on the topic of repentance. And repentance is kind of the whole ball game um, because we are connected to our own sin so intimately and we love our own sin. That's the nature of our fallen condition before we come to faith in Christ. And the whole uh, movement toward faith in Christ involves turning from our sin to follow him. And that impulse to turn from our sin is, is in short, what, what repentance is. And we've had a lot to say about that. But I wanted to look at, at the Old Testament's most, um, I think, just really, really well-fleshed-out um, peek into a heart that is repenting. You know the story, probably, and if you don't, it's in First Samuel chapters 11 and, and uh, sorry, 2 Samuel, chapters 11 and 12. In 2 Samuel 11, David, um, uh, I won't go into too much detail, but David spots a woman that is attractive to him. David is married, and so is this woman, uh, and not to each other. David spots this woman that is attractive to him, and sort of using his privilege as king, he's king in Jerusalem at the time, he, uh, he arranges to commit adultery with the woman. Her name was Bathsheba. And Bathsheba becomes pregnant as a result of their being together. And so David tries to time a visit by her husband to visit her back at home, calls him off the battlefield, hoping that her pregnancy will be something that 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 she and that that ends up being attributed to her husband if they time it just right that was David's hope uh, that he would be able to cover up his uh, adultery such that the pregnancy would be attributed to her husband and her not to him well that that didn't work out because the husband refused to come home so David falling back to a plan B arranged that the, her husband, who was a general named Uriah, got cut off from his troops in the middle of a battle and got killed. So within just a span of a few short verses, David adds uh, murder to his adultery, and it's bad. That's kind of the recap of 2 Samuel 11. In 2 Samuel chapter 12, there was a prophet of God named Nathan who was active during the reign of King David. And Nathan confronted David about his sin, confronted him hard, and, uh, and said, really, some, some rough things are going to happen to you because of your sin. But David did also say, and if you look at 2 Samuel 11, verse um, 
13, after David is confronted hard by the prophet and his friend, Nathan, David said to Nathan, I have sinned against the Lord. And Nathan said to David, the Lord also has put away your sin. You shall not die. That's the Lord's response when we repent. The the penalty of our sin before God in terms of his justice is set aside by his grace when we repent. In David's life, that was looking forward to the work of Christ on the cross as you and I look back to the work of Christ on the cross. Now, I mentioned in the Sermon on the Lord's Day that repenting of our sin doesn't necessarily make the earthly consequences of our sin go away. And we see that in verse 14 of 2 Samuel 12. Nevertheless, because by this deed you have utterly scorned the Lord, the child who is born to you shall die. And he did. In that, in that moment, when David had repented of his sin, in that moment is when David wrote Psalm 51. And it is to Psalm 51 I want us to turn our attention today. And it's not a terribly long psalm. It's 19 verses. And I've printed it out for those of you who watch this podcast because uh, the print's bigger and I can see it better when I'm working around a microphone. And for those of you who are just listening... You hear the sound of me holding Psalm 51. The first section of the psalm is, is a recounting of David's repentance in verses 1 through 5. Have mercy on me, O God, according to your steadfast love, according to your abundant mercy. Blot out my transgressions and wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. Now, those are three different words that speak to three different specific aspects of sin, but put together, transgressions, iniquity, and sin. You know, you don't ask for mercy if you don't think you need it. And so David's leading with a cry for mercy because of his sin. Verse 3, I know my transgressions and my sin is ever before me. Against you and you only have I sinned and done what is evil in your sight so that you may be justified in your words and blameless in your judgment. Behold, I was brought forth in iniquity, and in my sin did my mother conceive me. Now, he's not making excuses for his sin. He's um, fully confessing it as a characteristic of who he is, and he's crying out for mercy because he has sinned in a large way. That's his repentance. And verses 6 through 9, David's realization Behold, you delight in truth in the inward heart, and you teach me wisdom in the secret heart. Repentance comes from within. It can be prompted by a friend who confronts us or prompted by an encounter with the Word of God. But the movement toward repentance can't just be an outward, okay, okay, I'll repent, or it's not repentance. Purge me with hyssop, and I shall be clean. Wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. Let me hear joy and gladness. Let the bones that you have broken rejoice. Hide your face from my sins and blot out all my iniquities. Um, there's nothing in the world more miserable than a Christian who is living with known sin and refuses to repent of it. God, the Holy Spirit, will make you miserable. And you should be glad he does because uh, that's him urging you and pushing you to repent and to be done with, with, with that sin and to get the matter resolved. Verses 10 through 13 are David's words of restoration. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. 
Cast me not away from your presence and take not your Holy Spirit from me. And by the way, God won't cast us from his presence. And he doesn't take his spirit from us, but at times it sure feels like he could. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and uphold me with a willing spirit. Then when you do that, when repentance is complete and you have redone in me that work of, of, of restoration, then, verse 13, I will teach transgressors your ways and sinners will return to you. You can't be effective sharing the good news of the kingdom if you're not living out the good news of the kingdom. And the joy of a God who forgives, the joy of a God who opens the door of repentance for the broken heart of the sinner, that joy is a big part of the good news gospel that we, that we share, which leads to the final section of this psalm, David's rejoicing, beginning in verse 14. Deliver me from blood guiltiness, O God, O God of my salvation, and my tongue will sing aloud of your righteousness. O Lord, open my lips, and my mouth will declare your praise. He was a big sinner, but he was a man after God's own heart because he was, because of his big sin, he knew big repentance and big grace and big rejoicing. I'm not saying you should go out and sin big. That's not, that'd be a really weird advocacy for me to make. I am more saying that, that since you are going to sin until we're all home to heaven, you're going to sin. It's a, it's a, it's, it's a point of fact. Repent readily. Repent joyfully. Don't hang on to your sin in a death grip. Allow the Lord to break your heart using his word, using the encouraging words of the, the friends with whom you are equally yoked, and repent. And then sing aloud of God's righteousness and declare his praise for you will not delight in sacrifice, or I would give it. You will not be pleased with a burnt offering. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart, O God, you will not despise. My paraphrase of that, verse 16 and 17, is you can't work your way toward being right with God. It's repentance. It's not working harder. David says, I could, I could line up all the sacrifices that the 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 temple in Jerusalem could ever support, or in David's lifetime still, the tabernacle in Jerusalem could ever support. <laughs> but it wouldn't be enough because I can't work my way out of my sin debt. But I can repent. The last two verses, do good to Zion in your good pleasure. Build up the walls of Jerusalem. Then will you delight in right sacrifices and burnt offerings and whole burnt offerings. Then bulls will be offered on your altar. Well, he's just said the real sacrifice of which those burnt animals are merely a symbol, a broken and contrite heart, a broken spirit. The takeaway. Are you upset by your own sin enough that you want to take it to the Lord and repent before him? Make it right with others to the greatest degree that you can, but mostly repent of it before a holy God. Pray that he would teach you to hate your own sin. And there's been time in his word. Um, one wise old pastor once said to me that God's word will keep you from sin 
or sin will keep you from God's Word. I think that's really, really true. So be a student of God's Word and be an ruthless um, in dealing with your own sin. So then perhaps God will use you in the life of others. Well, as always, it's our hope that you are uh, subscribed to this podcast, that you'd like to share it with friends. This and other channels of the on the McGregor uh, podcast are all there for lifting you up as a member of this body of Christ or as someone who's just a friend. We're really, really glad you're with us. And we'll see you next time on Beyond the Notes.